on, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog Fantasy. And yes, we're at the end of the baseball season, but we're coming up on football season. And Underdog got you covered with it all. Use promo code TRIPLE, just like you want to get that many scoops of ice cream. And they will match your deposit up to $100. That's $100 in free money that you can spend on drafts, best ball, you name it. They got it. Doc hosting. David is now officially a proud father. So he will be away for probably the rest of the regular season. But we're not taking time off. I got my normal crew. I got Marty Party to my right. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Getting ready for this championship run in my leagues. It's going to be a good one. The 10 team league. How many play, how many teams make the playoffs in the 10 team league? Six. Okay. We two, do six. Two. But we're playing all the way up to the end of October in that league. Oh, uh, wow. So, yeah, dude. It's, I don't even know who's going to be the, um, I talked to the commission about that. But that, no, that's this is a grind. Yeah, dude. It's, I'm, we're not done yet. No football over here, as you know. Marty Party does not do football and neither does LC at the bottom, right? The grizzled vet of the show. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I am the grizzled vet. Uh, we, we are ready for this. I, I wanted to throw out before. Just, just as a start, some big news in the fantasy baseball community. Someone who's very important to our show. Someone who came on our seventh episode, Mr. Alex Fast, one of the true OGs of the fantasy community. Moving on, uh, to better, greener pastures. Very, very happy for him. Uh, just got to say thanks to him for coming on to our little show when we were a nothing show. Uh, we're, we're sort of, we're something now. Um, but that was, that was, just so meaningful to 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 us to have someone of his stature come on when we were nothing. Thank you, Alex, for for coming on, and good luck for your future. Yeah, and Alex Fast. I mean, getting a job with Major League Baseball, it's incredible to see the fantasy baseball community is such a great place, and you love to see hardworking guys like that get an opportunity, and hopefully more. Um, you know, land prominent positions. You'll notice we got a fourth today. And it's not David. And we welcome in a newcomer in the fantasy baseball industry, somebody that has been taking the industry by storm. You might know him by MKB Fantasy. We got Mike VA in the house. Mike, first time on the show. Welcome in. Yeah, appreciate y'all having me, man. Uh, we were talking pre-show. Um, fans of you guys, you know, uh, especially during the, the baseball and football season in years past. First year in the space, it's been awesome. Uh, the community, like you guys just got men- finished mentioning, has just has been super welcome, welcoming. And uh, it's, it's been fun. I've, ha- I've had a blast and I'm looking forward to continuing. So I uh, appreciate y'all having me on today. So, Mike, I'm curious. A lot of us got started during the pandemic. You know, nothing better to do. The, you know, kind of Twitter <laughs> space grew up. What made you in, you know, 2022, 2023 want to take the dive and just get involved? Yeah, man. Good question. Um, so I've, you know, I've been in the space for a while in terms of just following guys. Uh, but more, I'm going to give a shout out real quick. Uh, Michael Govier, um, who, uh, I've been a fan of for, for a while now. I just think he brings it in terms of just content, the entertainment value. Um, and him and I just got talking and, you know, again, uh, when he did his kickoff show for the start of the baseball season, I hopped on there for maybe about 30 minutes, uh, super nervous, you know, being on something like this, you know, never, never done it before. I'm like, you know what? Shit, I should do this more often, you know? Um, not to mention too, I've had always had friends ask me, you know, advice on who to start, who to pick up, who to drop, that kind of thing. So, uh, it just seemed natural for me. I love baseball. I grew up playing it. 
diehard O's fan. So naturally just, you know, again, I like helping people. So, um, but shout out to the Plazo podcast for bringing me on. Uh, Michael Govier as well. Could not be a better dude. Um, and uh, I'm just really happy to be a part of the space and for him giving the opportunity. So Govier is a great guy and you hit it. The most entertaining, and I will stamp this till the day I die, the most entertaining guy in the fantasy baseball community. Give me two L's. Give me two Z's. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. And, and, you know, for anyone listening that thinks, is it too late? It, Mike's telling you, you know, it's not. And, you know, it, it's a great community. You'll be welcomed. And we got David checking in. Mike's doing hey. great work. So, um, you know, make sure that you're giving him a follow at MKB Fantasy because he's got a lot of great content coming out. But, fellas, let's dive in. And we're going to start with our W.O.W. players, which Art asked if it's good for anything, <laughs> but it's just wow. But we're going to start off with Nolan Channel, the cover boy of this podcast. The last four games, a 267, 353, 267 line. He's had a hit in every game so far in the major leagues. And 21 games in double A, a 339, 480, 475 triple slash with a homer, 12 RBIs, one stolen base. What I think is really notable is a 21.3 walk percentage, a 12% K percentage. And this is somebody that the Angels drafted relatively recent. Yeah. If this, like two months ago, if there was any move that screamed of desperation, it would be this. They are trying to make the playoffs and it's not working. They don't want to lose Otani. And now they bring up someone that, like Marty said, they take two months ago. So I'm going to take it over to Art. Art, what are your thoughts on Mr. Channel the rest of the year? Or Marty? Actually, I, I will take it over. But here's, um, first off, yeah, being drafted two months ago, then skyrocketing up. There's people all over the industry asking like the philosophy of behind the minor leagues and is that changing thing? I don't really think so. I just see this more as the Angels needed a first baseman and, um, yeah, just by necessity, he's there. He's playing. He's either leading off or hitting second with, uh, Trout coming back here. I don't know if Trout's playing the second uh, game of the doubleheader tonight. I, I know he has lingering, um, soreness in his wrist. So he didn't play the first game, but he's back. He's not. He's not C. So yeah. No. So. Yep. Uh, expect Nolan to get as many at bats as possible right here. And if Trout's healthy, you know, Tani's behind him, he's going to be a huge source of runs. Uh, power is going to be spotty at best. It, it's below league average and it always has been as far as like his minor league numbers and hard hit averages. Um, but yeah, the opportunity's there. So I, I do like that for runs. Marty, I want to ask you, Otani left the game tonight. He was pitching with arm fatigue. Yeah, arm and fatigue. He, and he left as a hitter as well. Are you going to pick up Nolan Channel if Otani is out for any period of time as a hitter? Um, I think if you've, I think you've already picked him up if you need him. Uh, okay. I don't think Otani have will have anything to do with it. And if anything, he may not just be pitching moving forward. They're going to keep his bat in the lineup. Yeah, no, that makes sense because even if they're mathematically eliminated, they might have him for less than thirty-five games, and they're going to want to sell as many tickets as possible. So, mm-hmm. add Mister Channel Which- for that reason. It'll be interesting to see too, because I mean, right now they're implementing a six-man rotation with Otani in there. So guys like Chase Silseth and then Griffin Canning, who was coming in a long relief role, piggybacking off of Silseth's last start. I wonder if both of those guys now start. They they implement that five-man rotation with both of those guys in it, and they take Otani out. Yeah, it'll be interesting when they had um, 
uh, Jeff Fletcher from the Angels on the fantasy baseball beat, he said before the season that they were going to do a six man rotation to limit his innings mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, they've kind of had, uh, switched that in and out. They had Tyler Anderson take over for him today, but he's been someone that right. they've kind of moved back and forth from a long relief role to starter. So it'll be interesting to see, but either way, it sounds like the Angels are just chaos. Didn't think we'd be talking about DJ Stewart on this show, but here we are, week 22. Since his call-up on July 4th, he's hit 246, 338 OBP, 574 OPS with six homers, 12 RBIs, and nine runs. Five of those home runs are coming in the last six days. And what I think is interesting to look at, he's hitting 421 against breaking pitches, but 167 against fastball and off-speed. He's playing every day for the Mets. He's an outfielder, which feels like it's been very shallow this year. But he's a veteran. He's spent time in the minors. Art, I feel like we've talked about players like this before with Patrick Wisdom and you know guys that strike out at a high rate but can barrel the ball. What are your thoughts on DJ Stewart? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's he's already 29. And if you if you've been around this fantasy game for a while, you know the name. Uh he was cut. He was released by the Orioles last offseason. His ex-manager, Buck Showalter, spoke up for him for the Mets to bring him in. So he's a, he's a Buck Showalter guy. Um, but I, I, I think DJ Stewart is a power pickup. I think he's on a heater right now. Um, he definitely has power, but he's not a batting average guy. He, he, he had a 229 batting average in the minors. Uh, his career major league batting average is about 215. But he has a strong batting eye. He's had over 10% walk rate most of his minor league career. He's at 15% this year. Um, his barrel rate is way up right now at 17. His career barrel rate's 11, which is excellent. So he's someone, if you are that short on home runs, definitely pick him up, especially with that playing time and the potential for power. Could hurt you a little bit in batting average, but the, the playing time's going to be there and that power is there. So I, I with, with, with his background, with Buck Showalter's manager, that uh, those ABs are going to be coming. And we talk about it on this show around this time of year for veterans. They're playing for their next contract. They want to perform as high as possible. They're going to push for playing time. So I don't think you write people off like that because, you know, obviously there he's trying to extend his career. A 29 year old that was in the minors, you know, if he can ride out the season well and maybe land a one year, four or five million dollar deal, I don't think that's unreasonable to think about. Yeah, he's doing his uh, best Mike Moustakas impression. You know, just trying to trying to get it in before it's all over. Uh, Marty, that means he's going to develop plantar fasciitis. <laughs> I hope not. We're sandwiching the old vet, and by old, 29, with another young guy, Mason Wynn. So he's hit in his last three out of four games. He actually got his first RBI tonight, August 23rd. And this is somebody that has been talked about a lot on the call up, which if you haven't uh, tuned into that, make sure you check it out on our YouTube channel and podcast feed. But over AAA, hit 288, 359, 474 with 18 home runs, 17 stolen bases, 61 RBIs. Now the catch 22 is he can't accrue over 130 at bats. Otherwise he will lose his rookie eligibility, but the Cardinals are tanking. They don't really have anything to play for. And they might want to see what they have in Mason Wynn. So this is kind of an interesting predicament. Mike, how are you going about this? Yeah, I mean, for for this season, for me at least, Mason Wynn seems like more of a real-life ad, you know, for the Cardinals as opposed to a fantasy ad, you know. Um, 
he's he's struggled. He's hitting sub 200 right now in his first couple of games. I know he got his first RBI and his first stolen base. The the the, the power and speed combo and blend of, of Mason Witt is intriguing, especially what he did in AAA Memphis. But um, you know, they're gonna like you said, they're gonna they're gonna limit his at bats, um, and they're trying to get him some some major league seasoning, I guess, if you will. Um, and now that he's not gonna have any playing time concerns with Paul DeYoung, the Cardinals just seem like a wreck to me. Um, in some of your deeper formats, I could see Mason win if you want to take a shot on him. Re, uh, dynasty formats, uh, you know, you should be already owned. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, if you need, if you're hurt, really hurting at shortstop in some of these deeper formats, I could see Mason win. He just hasn't really shown me much. He's kind of wait and see for me. But I'm interested to hear y'all's takes and 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 uh, what you're doing with him. My biggest take here is that I hope his walk up music is the win, 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 win. What about all I do is win, 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 no matter what. See, look at that. That's my hard-hitting analysis. Uh, but no, I, I'm actually, I completely agree with you. He's a wait and see. He's a, you, if you're in the deepest of leagues, you've already picked him up. Um, if you're in anything, if you're looking to stream him, I wouldn't. So yeah. as of tonight, he's at 18 plate appearances. So that means he has about 112. If you figure you get four or five a game, He's probably at 25 or 26 games left that he can play. So about, I'd say a little over two thirds, 70%. Um, so you have to wonder if he is going to play that much, if they're going to literally put him at 129. But I, I mean, Mike, I think he had the nail on the head. Redraft, it's kind of a wash. Maybe if he needs some speed, maybe if he starts showing a little bit more promise. I mean, the, the problem with the Cardinals, a lot of it this year hasn't been the offense. Um, and especially if he hits a little bit uh, earlier in the lineup. I do think that we could see some of the counting stats, you know, with runs and stolen bases go up. But yeah, it's well, they also they also got to improve his spot in the lineup too. Like if he's going to be able to get some of those counting stats, he's going to have to stop hitting in the lower third, and rightfully so. Like he hasn't really shown us much, and I think he, you know, it's kind of a prove it for the Cardinals too. Like, hey, show us what you got, and then we'll start moving you up. But you know, where do you guys project him two, three years down the road? Like, is he a, is he a top half of the order kind of guy? Like a like a one two. Maybe a six in the, in the lineup. Where do you guys see him hitting uh, in the lineup for the for the Cardinals moving forward? Yeah, I think the biggest blunder the Cardinals did was not unloading some of their hitting at the trade deadline. We had talked about prior to the season how was Jordan totally Walker going to have was Jordan Walker going to have a spot on the team? And ironically, they got rid of their pitching with Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty, which is where I felt they needed to improve. If they can clear out some of the bats they have, and who knows, maybe they get rid of Arenado or Goldschmidt at a certain point. That frees up the three, four. I think this offseason is going to be really pivotal, but I think he has to be a top third of the player or a top third of the line of player. Yeah. I agree. I think, especially when you consider that he has that speed uh, and he has carried a really good batting average for his minor league career with a good OBP, he's that's that's a top third of the order type of hitter, perhaps even a leadoff guy. The new Tommy Edmond. They Tommy Evan bats ninth a lot of the time for them. <laughs> yeah, who knows what the Cardinals are doing, but I'm done talking about the Cardinals. Saying, and we're gonna... the biggest disappointing team, I think, this year. <laughs> Padres. Yeah, one or the other. Padres are still kind of in it. How are we not talking about the Mets as the most disappointing ah, team? Yeah. yeah. The New York yeah. Mets. Mets, too. Yankees also. Yeah. Yankees Really also. all four – all four of those teams can share can share you know a quarter of the pie there. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. all have been super disappointing coming into the season. Can those are imagine, all playoff teams. Can you imagine if you did a parlay before the season started of those Ooh. four teams to not make the playoffs? 
Ooh, yeah. Bad. You wouldn't Just have move to on work. To football. You wouldn't have to work tomorrow. You'd be so rich. Right. right. But talking about a different franchise that's disappointing, we're going to talk about the Oakland A's, but a not disappointing player. Mr. Paul Blackburn, over the last six outings, a 225 ERA, a 1.28 whip, 36 Ks to 12 walks. That's spanning over 36 innings. Now, what's really kind of changed is this is a career high 23.2 K percentage. He's having a lot more success with swing and miss material and the expected stats back up his actual stats. So it's not like he's gotten lucky or that we can expect regression to come. Maybe we will expect regression to come because he hasn't shown this over a long period of time, but what's he's been keeping the ball in the ballpark as well. 0.8 home runs per nine and 78.2 innings. So he's probably picked up in really deep leagues, but in 10 or 12 team leagues, Mike, what's your thoughts on Paul Blackburn? Yeah, it's actually kind of crazy too because we talked about it in uh, on the Sunday show when we were talking about guys to maybe potentially pick up in some deeper formats or stream. And Paul Blackburn made this list, and even some of the guys from Kansas City as well. Which you know, a lot of teams don't look at to Kansas City or Oakland for fantasy gold, if you will, right? Because they're in real life bad bad baseball teams. But Paul Blackburn, um, it's it's worth noting for this month he's had, he has a two point one nine ERA. In August, after coming off a six-two-six ERA in July, so you know I don't think anybody's expecting Paul Blackburn to be like a, a world beater. But at the same time, too, he's—I think he's useful in some starts in streamable formats, like in your 10, 12 team leagues. I think you can you can pick and choose to stream him in certain certain matchups. Uh, it's worth noting too that Oakland's uh, pitcher-friendly ballpark, so if, especially if you're starting at home. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've been on this train for a while in terms of not just pitchers, but also hitters. Ride the wave. You know, DJ Stewart, prime example. We just talked about him. Uh, Paul Blackburn's been pitching all this entire month. I'm riding him until the wheels fall off, especially with the current state of starting pitching. If you need somebody to come in and give you just a good ERA, you know, again, I don't think Oakland's going to be in line for many wins, but he can help some of your ratios and his K's have been up uh, this month as well. So with keeping the walks down. So that whip can come down a little bit as well. So uh, I like him in, uh, like you said, deeper formats. He's probably somebody who's probably already owned, but in 10, 12 leagues, he's probably a, a streaming option for me and pick and choose in my spots. So he's gone five innings and in at least seven straight starts. But what is interesting to note, and Mikey alluded about maybe him being a streamer in shallower leagues, his August starts home versus the Giants at Washington, which Washington's a scrappy team. He gave up four earned at St. Louis and versus the Royals. So has excelled in, in favorable matchups that you would hope that he does well in. Right. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, I mean, would it surprise anybody here that if this next start out, he got shelled and gave up six, seven, eight runs. I don't nope. think so. Right. Yeah, exactly. So be careful. I mean, like I said, we've, we've seen it. So starting pitching has been so up and down all season long. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Paul Blackburn just came out and also and just won people's cha- championships as well. Cause that's, that's fantasy baseball this year, right? I mean, it's been all over the place with starting pitching. No, that's certainly right. It's, it's, if you, if you drafted a pitcher that's been healthy the entire year, that's a blessing in itself. Cause this year more than ever, I feel like we've seen. A lot of notable pitchers, you know, DeGrom, Shane McClanahan, Shane Bieber, go down with significant injuries. And Welcome to the pitch clock the era. It's the pitch clock era, baby. As much as they don't want to say it, it's a pretty big change. 
a thousand yeah, and look percent. At, look at guys like Nestor Cortez, Carlos Rodon. I mean, Nestor Cortez, that's what, that's when he made his living on, right? Was keeping guys off balance with timing, right? So, uh, and now even he's going to have to adjust. So it'd be interesting to see how these next couple of years uh, come about in terms of just how these guys adjust. But like next year in drafts, where are you guys drafting some of these higher end starting pitchers? Like, does that bump up guys like Garrett Cole and, you know, uh, Corbin Burns and some of these other guys because of how everybody else below them is. I feel like it's a steep, you know, like you had mentioned, injuries have played a, a big role into it. But do those guys bump up your draft boards now? I will say this in the short term, um, I don't think there's a, a pitcher I'm taking, definitely not in the first round, maybe get an Agreed. ace in the second. In the long run, when we talk about the pitch clock, we have to remember that the minor leagues have been using it for years. So That's these true. pitcher, these next few waves of uh, of uh, pitchers have been dealing with it for a little bit. Where these guys, I mean, you know, the pros this year, this is brand new. So Marty, well, you're on the Marty, you're on the that. clock with the eleventh pick. Strider is available. You're not taking him. I don't know. In a fifteen team league, that's a tough pass. Now on like top me. eight, top eight, I don't think I think I do think starting pitchers get bumped down, but because of his strikeout upside. I do see somebody taking him with, I won't say a top 10 pick because I think that could oh, be rich. Definitely. I, he's going to, I think his, his ADP will be top 10 by, by, by March next year. I could because, see it. Because he's, he'll be the top, he'll be the top starter. Yeah. I think so. Real quick, I'm bringing up the way too early, uh, meatball draft by Rob DiPiercio. Uh, he's got some, uh, where does he got Strider going? So the first, and these are a bunch of industry guys. Um, they're in it. Garrett Cole is the first pitcher off the board, Team 12. Wow. And I see Kevin Gossman, Luis Castillo. Where's Strider? Oh, never mind. I'm blind to everybody. Number th- third overall. Yeah. Spencer somebody, Strider. Wow. Spencer Strider. I didn't even look to see if he was top five. My bad. He went third. So, somebody is going to take that just because of his – I think his it's his case per nine is like it was Ray Butler. Shout out to him. It's, it's ridiculous. Smart guy. Yeah. And even then, like even him, like in the beginning or middle of the season, especially in the summer, like we talked about him with his ERA and the the amount of runs that he was giving up. The K's were there, but he was he was giving up quite he was getting shelled in a couple starts as well. So um, I don't know, like for me, I could I can make an argument for Spencer Strider for sure being in 15 team leagues. It'd be a hard pass for me on. But Garrett Cole is probably on the back end of that one as well. Just because we've seen it from him, he's been so consistent for so long. It's probably a lost season for the Yankees. So. Yeah, agreed. Before we go to our next guy, what are your opinions on picking up Ryan Pepio? I'm in. Last. I, I'm good. No, thank you. No, thank you? Not for me. Art, 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 I feel like it's easier to say why you are on him rather than why somebody's out. Well, Dodgers starting pitcher. Um I think that, uh, you know, the, 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 the chance for wins. I liked him coming into the season. Um, so I think, and I think he has a pretty favorable way. His next start is against Arizona, which is, which is going to be a tough one, but, and, and I haven't really checked the Dodger schedule, but I, I think I'm going to be going after him in my leagues just so I can have him as like a team streamer. Um, I think that, you know, when, when you, when you want to, you got, you want to get a piece of these staffs, these Dodger staff, the Braves staff, just because those teams are going to be piling up wins. My teams need wins to a lot of my teams. So that's another aspect of it, but I'm in on Pepio. I, I didn't study his last game. So if I do, that might, that might 
put some down, shade on it too. Yeah. It's worth noting. No, I was going to say it's worth noting. He has a three forty seven ERA and over nine outings with the Dodgers current, uh, throughout this year. And he actually, he's getting the start tomorrow uh, versus Cleveland. So, okay. um, which again, not, not sent somebody who's like, uh, like really an offensive juggernaut. So it's a good spot for him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I'm probably out on him. I'm wait. I'm more wait and see with him more than anything. Um, I'm not saying I won't add him, but I'd like to see how he pitches in this start. Um, and you know, worst like, case scenario, you could always add him to your bench, not start him. And yeah. if he does well, Agreed. then you claimed him before yeah. others. And Cleveland, Cleveland's a start. He should do well. They're one of the worst hitting teams in baseball over the last month or so. Yeah. So if if he doesn't show up against Cleveland, then I yeah, then then my, it dims my my hope, my my optimism on him for the rest of the season for sure. Talking about Cleveland, we'll go back to our WOW pitchers. A former Cleveland pitcher, a little Mike Anthony, Mike Clevenger, the Clev dog. And he got roughed up a little bit, giving up four earned versus Seattle on the 22nd. But look, Seattle has won nine games in a row. They're roughing up most pitchers. But prior to that, back-to-back quality starts where he pitched 13 innings, one earned run, 13 to 5K to walks. You would like to see the K rate a little bit higher. But since coming off the IL in July, a 257 ERA, a 1.14 whip, he's uh, projected to face Oakland on Sunday. Art, I feel like we've seen Clev, the Jekyll and Hyde side of him. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on him, not only for this start, but rest of the season? Well, I like coming up, his next two starts are Oakland and Detroit. I think that's that's nice that uh, you're not going to be – the team contact context for the White Sox is not good. He's not the type of person you're picking up for wins. He's not the type of person you're picking up necessarily for strikeouts. He's only at about, he's under 20% K percentage on the season. He's at about almost 10% walk rate. So uh, uh, his whip is at about 1.3 for the season. I, I know he's been pitching well lately, uh, but that Seattle team, that Seattle game, there was no J-Rod in that game. He was sitting and they still put four on him. I, I I'm not I'm not too in on Clev Dog. I, I I could see picking him up for Oakland and Detroit his next two starts, but uh, you know I I don't think I think he's he's more of a jag type of guy uh, pitcher. You know, just just someone to to throw in there when you when you need some innings when you're hoping to get uh you know pop a, a good start. And if you're under a rock and didn't know what jag means, it means just a guy. Yeah, yeah, like any, yeah. If you, if you take anything away from this pod, it's that you learned an acronym today. Finishing out, talking with a Detroit Tiger, and you can imagine who's going to talk about him, but we're going to talk Tyler Holton. So he only has one save on the season, but great ratios, a 1.65 ERA, a .84 whip. Batters are hitting 166 against him. He's given up five home runs in 65.1 innings and no runs in his last eight appearances. The last time he gave up an earned run was July 30th. And Marty, we were talking prior to the show that Detroit has been a stingy team, that their WRC plus over the past month, I believe you said it's number six, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Top six, um, 123 over the last uh, two weeks. So. I'll just leave the floor to you. Is Tyler Holton somebody that we should look at? Do you think that he will be the closer the last two months? If you were going to pick him up, it would just be speculation right now. Alex Lang is the guy. He has came in over his, uh, he's gotten the last two saves. So 
He blew it a few times, and then he was out. And Foley came in, then Foley blew it. Lang is back in there. So if you're going to scoop him, it's a speculative thing. But you see, you see Lang, uh, Alex Lang, blow one or two more saves. He's definitely going to be the guy. Okay. So I uh, larger formats, fifteen team leagues scoop for now. You probably give him for like a dollar or two, um, but ten, twelve, stay away. All right. Well, interesting to know, and somebody as we get down the the last stretch of the season that could be valuable in save situations. If not, somebody that helps your ratio. So, good talk, gentlemen. Good talk. Looking at some of the most added players, this is courtesy of CBS on Thursday mornings. We have Javier Assad of twenty eight percent. We talked about him last week. The aforementioned Paul Blackburn, Nolan Channel, Mike Clevenger, Mason Wynn, Zach Jeloff, which I think is interesting. Of 21%, and it's only 74% rostered. Kerry Carpenter, 72%, and Stone Garrett, who was carted off today. Um, you know, obviously hope the injury isn't too significant. I just want to make a point real quick. When you see Zach Jelloff and Kerry Carpenter are owned at 74 and 72%, those are guys that should be owned in even 10 team leagues, unless you have the shallowest league. And I think it points to the grind of a fantasy baseball season where even if you do play in a 10-team league, you could have two or three people that are checked out and not checking their team. So you want to make sure that these guys are not free agents in your league. And then conversely, looking at the most dropped, Tony Gonsolin down 30%. He is likely done for the season. Emerson Hancock talked about him last week through two shutout innings. He's now on the 60-day IL. Nick Pavetta dropped in 15%. Henry Davis. Dropped 12%. Steven Matt's likely out for the season, down 12%. Miles Michaelis, there's nothing wrong with him. He just sucks, down 10%. Ranger Suarez and Matthew Libertor. We could see that one coming after his shellacking versus the Athletics. I feel like a lot of times we talk about these guys, they get hyped up, and then the next week we're talking about them getting dropped. Yeah, it's interesting to note too, like, I totally agree with it. I, it floors me that, that, uh, Jeloff and Carpenter, those guys are not rostered like in the 80s or the 90s. Um, I believe Kerry Carpenter hit another uh, home run today. I think it was a grand slam. Grand yeah, slam. I think it's six home runs in seven days or something like that for him. Yeah, I and, mean, and, and if you don't, if, like you said, if you play in the shallowest of formats, like I can maybe understand, like you're playing like in a six team or an eight team league, but anything ten or above, those guys should be close to 90 percent rostered or must roster players. And it's interesting the discrepancy for each format. When I do my doctor's office, the pitching streamers, I look at under 50 percent owned in ESPN, and you know some people claim that more more football people use ESPN, so that's why it's not as active. But I mean, just to kind of keep in mind how how each platform how active the players or how inactive the players are. But yeah, quick look at Geloff, uh, uh, Geloff, 63% owned in Yahoo and Kerry Carpenter, 67% owned. So still that's out there. crazy. Yeah. It's crimity. I don't think I've used that show on the word on the show before, and I probably won't again, but <laughs> something that always happens on the show is we talk about arts, bring out your dead. So art bring out, out your dead. Love it. Love it. We need to get the music back with the, with the soundboard. Dun, dun, dun. Bring out your dead. Thanks everyone for replying. Thanks everyone for answering my t- twizzy tweet or what do we call it now? It's not a tweet anymore. It's an X or something like that. I Answer just updated, I updated the app like two days ago and I was like, 
wow, it actually is X. This is so weird. <laughs> so <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't, I, I, and the, and the X, uh, symbol, you better watch out if you have like, um, what was the, there's one, there's one, uh, that's an S and there's another one that's an E symbol. So you, like, if you could line up and have S E X in your, on your phone as the symbol, I, I don't know. There might be other ones that are X. I'm not sure. I'm moving on. This is a family show. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Uh, bring out your dead. We have the, thanks for the submissions. Uh, we starting off with, with, uh, if your name is Hunter with the last name, that's the color. I don't want you on my team again. That's, that's David talking about Hunter Green and Hunter Brown, giving him TR Ubbles this week. We'll start with Hunter Green. Hunter Green, look at that line. Three innings pitch, 10 hits, eight earned runs, all those home runs against Toronto. Uh, now Hunter Green given an extra day of rest this week. So he's going to be starting Saturday instead of Friday. That extra day of rest hopefully, uh, will help him against Arizona. He looked pretty good in his final minor league tune up against Iowa. Pete Crow Armstrong put one out of the park against him, but Pete Crow Armstrong's doing that against everybody. Watch him for a call up soon. So, uh, uh for the Cubs, but he, he struck out nine and five and two in his last uh triple A tune up against the Iowa Cubs. Hard he, you know, he was frustrated with his performance. Hard to say what there is to uh to to say about that. Hunter Green. He's got Arizona next. Hopefully he turns it around. Um Next guy brought up Christian Javier from Around the Diamond Podcast. Thanks for bringing up Christian Javier. Wow, Christian Javier, what a change from 22, 2022 to 2023. His K percentage is down from 33% to 21. Uh, his fastball is down one mile per hour. Now, that's not too much, but it's important when it's down from 93 to 92. The one thing that's more important on Christian Javier's fastball is that it has lost one inch of vertical ride. Uh, his, his fastball, which was nicknamed the invisible because it had so much vertical ride on it that it was, it, it looked like it was rising much more. That one inch loss of vertical ride makes it much more hittable than it was last season. And that fastball has really produced a lot less results. Um, I have, he has given up. Oh God, I wrote it down. He gave up 22 extra base hits on that fastball last season for the entire season. He's already had about 36 extra base hits this season. The slider batting average against is up 0.081. It was at a 121 last season. He's at 202 this year, still pretty good, but that is not the dominant pitch it, pitch it was. Left-handed batters have also feasted on him, have a 279, 346, 483 triple slash. That's right. 346 OBP and a 483 slugging. Uh, lefties have really done well. They only striking out 16% of those. And when you look at him, his FIP of 4.73 is even worse than his season long ERA of 4.52. The other hunter with a color for a last name was Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown, uh, had took a turn out of the pen prior to his last start because, uh, because the 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 Astros now have six healthy starters, perhaps Hunter Brown should have stayed there. He's at a five point five six ERA in the second half, and a nine thirty four OPS in the second half. 
but still striking out four for every walk. But now I'm going to put this to you three gentlemen with th- six starters currently healthy for the Astros. Framber Valdez, Hunter Brown, Justin Verlander, Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, and JP France. Do we think they stick with a six-man rotation for the rest of the season, especially with how poor Brown and Javier have been? Does anyone think that perhaps Brown's out of the rotation for the rest of the season? First off, uh, best tweet that David's ever had. It was a good one, and I don't give David compliments like that. Um, I think Hunter Brown is a, a long relief guy. They did it a couple weeks ago. They had him pitch two innings in late in the game for him to get the win. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Please. Uh, I was going to say same same thing. I I, I agree with 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 Doc there. I think I think he's he's going to be probably put, being pushed to a long relief role. Um, the results just haven't been there too. He's probably losing a little bit of gas uh, on on a lot of his pitches as well. So and they want to be careful with the, the amount of innings they're throwing in this year as well. So, um, but at the same time too, you know, somebody like JP France is another guy too that they could use in that role as well. Mm-hmm. So it might be like a mix and match uh, in terms of who gets to start and who's coming. It could be a week to week thing. So I don't know if it's necessarily something where you know, like they say, "Hey, JP, you're in here, and Hunter Brown, you're out." I think they'll they'll play matchups and be analytical. But Marty, what's your what's your take? What do you what are you thinking here? I completely agree with the JP France because he's at 108 innings pitched right now in the majors so far this year, and his career high is 114, which he did back in 2021. So, yeah, with the with the playoffs fastly approaching, what do you say? They may give him 20 more innings, give him up to 130. You don't want him to go over that, right? No. I will so, say the one thing about the Astros is they're fighting for a wild card spot. The yeah. Mariners have won nine in a row. Toronto is nipping right there. And Boston is on their heels and they're in the middle of a three game set right now. So it's not like they can afford to rest guys like they've had in the past. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's interesting. It's not, it's not really actionable. The, 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 with the Astros right now. And so we have a little bit more idea of what Dusty's going to do with that rotation. But with six healthy starters currently, there is a real good possibility that one of France, Javier, or Brown ends up, ends the season, uh, just doing part time starting or all three of them are just in and out depending on the matchups. I wanted to end on a positive note for Bring Out Your Dead because that's what we're here about. We're here for, for making people uh happy and, and and dealing with the with the trauma that's a word that gets thrown around on the social medias now and then the trauma of a fantasy baseball season joe Arico, thank you for for replying to david with hunter blue uh, uh hunter with a, a name uh with a color last name hunter blue uh i decided to look up and see if there was ever a a, a hunter blue uh, in the world, and I found uh, that there is Hunter Blue hashtag, and I think this is for Hunter v Hunter, uh, the anime series. If you're an anime fan, Hunter v Hunter has a nine out of ten. So if you are sitting here Saturday and Arizona's coming to face Hunter Green, and you're not sure you could take the pressure, <laughs> nine out of ten on IMDb is Hunter v Hunter, uh, and I think that's available on uh, on Hulu. So maybe you guys want to check that out rather than well done. <laughs> well, well done, well done. Thank that was you. solid. <laughs> what about a Hunter Black? That's a common last name. Yeah, I heard Hunter <laughs> Black is what I, sh- I should have thought. Hunter Black. <laughs> oh. God, I, I, I was like, is Pink a last name? <laughs> Hunter Gray. Could be related to John Gray. Josiah Gray. 
Maybe one of them have a younger sibling. A lot of I hunters that are. I need I needed you for the for the color net last names, Doc. I should I should have reached out. You should have. You yeah. should have. But good stuff as always, Elsie. One of our favorite segments. And going to another one of the favorites. Smarties. Two. Give me two L's. Two Z's. Give me two star pitchers. Well done. Well done. Here comes your uh, two star pitchers for next week. And for those of you keeping score at home, August twenty eighth. Yeah, the last week of August is upon us. So August 28th through um, September 3rd. Can't believe it's already September. It's wild. All right. Uh, starting with no doubters for next week. Kevin Gosman versus Washington at Colorado. Obviously, Colorado always makes us a little queasy, but it's Kevin Gosman. You got to pitch him. Uh, Clayton Kershaw versus the Diamondbacks and the Braves. And then Justin Steele versus Milwaukee at Cincinnati. I'm going to be um, interested to see at the, the at Cincinnati start. Uh, going into your should starts for next week. Brian Wu. I'm becoming a Wu guy. Brian, everything I'm seeing from Brian Wu, the you go to his stat cast numbers and his expected numbers, his uh, strikeout percentage, everything looks good there. And I like his matchups next week versus Oakland and then at the Mets. Chris Sale versus the Astros at the Kansas City Royals. And I put the asterisk there because tonight he was limited um, on a 75 to 80 uh, pitch limit. So I don't. That to me just says he's old and they're just kind of preserving his arm and don't really worry about it. But that kind of does quality starts league. You got to think about that. Is he going to get to that six inning threshold? Um, I, I didn't see how he did today. So I'm going to be interested in that. Kenta Maeda back from the dead. Everything looks really good. The Cleveland start I love at Texas scares me, but I think in the deeper league, you're going to be starting them. If you're in a, um, a daily league, if you can sit them for that Texas one, I would do it. Tariq Skubal versus the Yanks at the White Sox. Lance Lynn, the Dodger Lance Lynn, my boy's back, guys. It's great to see Lance Lynn shove, dude. He's He's been absolutely incredible since going on the Dodgers. Uh, versus the Diamondbacks, versus the Braves. It's going to be a tough week, but I'm excited for it. Uh, Andrew Abbott at the Giants, versus the Cubs. And Aaron Savale at Miami, at the Guardians. Marty, does it change? So you talked about Chris Sale being on a pitch count. Brian Wu only threw 65 pitches. Yep. You know, maybe he gets up to 70 to 75. Are you still keeping him in the should starts? Yeah, I'm keeping him there. And, and the reason being, he already went up. Uh, his start last time out was 15 pitches higher than the one before. If he gets to that 80 threshold, that puts him in a good in a good spot. Let's say if he goes 10 innings for the whole week. Um, first, with that matchup, I like it. Okay. And re- real quick, Marty, too, just to update you on the Chris Sale start. Uh, he's right now through, they're in the uh, top of the six. He's through five, six hits, four earned runs, one walk, nine Ks on 80 pitches. Okay. So he's right there up against it. How many strikeouts? Nine. Man, the Ks are still there, dude. Unbelievable. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, moving into the risky business. So these are going to be uh, guys in a uh, shallow format, 10, 12 team leagues, tread very lightly, 15 teamers. You got to do what you got to do at this point. Um, starting with Jamison Tyone versus Milwaukee at Cincinnati, Josiah Gray at Toronto versus Miami, Jesus Lazardo versus Tampa Bay at Washington. He could be a should start. I don't know what Lazardo you're going to get. You never know. Like he's absolutely incredible and sometimes he's terrible. So he's risky to me. Uh, John Gray at the Mets versus Minnesota, Wade Miley at the Cubs versus Philly. Seth Lugo at the Cardinals versus San Francisco. Taiwan Walker versus the Angels at Milwaukee. Bryce Elder at Colorado at Dodgers. Absolutely brutal. And Charlie Morton at Colorado at the Dodgers. That's going to be a uh, a tough week for uh, for Braves pitching. Spencer Strider, uh, Cy Young pick is going to be this next week's going to make a break. If he can if he can survive this next week, we'll see. 
Uh, and then lastly, the take of seats. I wouldn't play these guys under any circumstance. Austin Gomber versus the Braves versus the Blue Jays. Reese Olsen versus the Yanks at Chicago White Sox. Adam Wainwright, you stayed one more year longer than you should have, buddy. Uh, versus San Diego versus Pittsburgh. Xavier Curry at Minnesota versus Tampa Bay. Zach Granke versus Pittsburgh versus Boston. Uh, Johnny Brito at Detroit at Houston. Luis Ortiz versus the Ro- or at the Royals at the Cardinals. Brandon Williamson at the Giants versus the Cubs. Luis Severino at Detroit at Houston. Jose Urquidy at Boston versus the Yanks. Talk about uh, somebody they can get out of that uh, rotation. Jose Urquidy's been absolutely brutal. And then lastly, Alex Cobb versus Cincinnati at the San Diego Padres. I need some water. Was I was waiting for you to say it, and those are my two-star pitchers. I know. I ran out of uh, – I need to work on my breath work. Marty ran out of oxygen. And it's, Arch, it's, Arch Brothers and team should take a sheet. <laughs> no, Arch's Arch brother is number two in our home league and the defending champion and the only two-time champion in the league. Mm. We'll get- it's worth noting that Seve went six, six and two-thirds, one hit, two walks, two Ks versus the Nationals this evening. But I'm wow. with you, Marty. I'm not touching him with a 40-foot pole. It's only Luis Severino could absolutely have no stuff, only get two strikeouts and barely, sur- you know, barely survive that. Um, yeah. but hey, in that, in that case, I mean, let's say if he, if he's stream dependent versus Detroit, it's still, I, I mean, they've been hitting better, but it's not the worst, but I just can't under no circumstance. I, I'm staying away from him. Got to agreed. Yeah. And the only good thing about Severino having a good outing is it, uh, it bums up his props for next game. So then you know to slam the unders on all. We wanted to give Mike his own segment. So Mike is going to take us through three risers for fantasy baseball and three fallers based on their performance this year and where we expect to see him in 2024. So Mike, take it away. Yeah, a couple guys I want to bring up real quick, and I'm interested to hear your all's thoughts. Uh, I've been a big Matt McClain guy. He's my first number one here uh, since he's gotten the call up. Um, you know, we, we talked about him uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in terms of where you're drafting him at. And somebody asked, brought up a good question, Matt McClain or Bo Bichette? And now I know Bo Bichette's leading the AL and hits right now, but Matt McClain, and he's not really stealing any bases this year, but Bo Bichette was what, a, a, a top two round player we were taking, top 24 pick? Um, give me a guy like Matt McClain a couple rounds later uh, that's going to steal bases, plays in Great American Ballpark, Hits for average, hits for power. He's a five by five stud for this year. Who do you have? Who would you rather take? Would you take the discount with Matt McLean, or are you still taking a guy like Boba Shet, even though he's not stealing bases? Man, you bring up good points, and they're both in good lineups. And I mean, I think with Boba Shet's um, tendonitis in his knee, that's probably more detrimental for him stealing bases in the future. Yep. But we've seen sophomore slumps before, and Boba Shet has just been the model of consistency. So. I, I don't think I'd spend a top two round pick, maybe end of second on Bichette, but I'm still a bow guy. Agreed. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to jump in. I, yep. I, I, you know, the, the, the discount for McLean wouldn't have to be too terribly much because he's, he's showing himself to be pretty good, especially with that ballpark and the Reds lineup. I think it's only going to be getting better. It's going to be co- comparable with Toronto when you start looking at, the maturation of uh, of of uh, De La Cruz, of of Marte, of Spencer Steer, 
who knows if they're going to have Jonathan India on the team next year. I mean, I think, and, and not to mention, um, McLean has more positional eligibility, second base and shortstop right now, which is nice. Um, so I think if you get a three round discount, that's not bad, especially because McLean's 14 and 11 this season so far with 162 games up at the big league level. Who knows what he could push those numbers to? If, if Bobachette's going at the end of the first beginning or um, the end of the first beginning of the second, what's the earliest? And we can go around the horn here. What's the earliest you'd be comfortable taking McLean? Uh, I probably have him outside of the top 50, right out, right outside my top 50 picks. Um, I'd say in the, probably in the, anywhere between 50 and 60. So that's probably where I'd have him. I haven't done my rankings yet for next year, but, um, that's kind of where I'd, 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 I'd have him. And that would put him like around the, the fourth, fifth round then for you. Yeah. yeah probably that's probably what I would fourth, do. fourth, fifth. All right. So in that way too early draft, uh, he went in the fourth, middle of the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So that's about where he's going. What I do like about him is the second base eligibility. Second base is awful across the board. Like it's mm-hmm. by far the hardest position for me to keep up. I mean, thank God I drafted Cattell Marte. Like he's been saving me. Um, but that all said, I would still take Bobachette. It's too rich for my blood. I can find something better in the fourth round. I'll probably get pitching right there. I'll probably go, yeah. go back to back with some pitchers. Fair point. I just thought it was an interesting question, especially too when you compare the, you know, their their stolen bases and stuff too. I mean, with now how 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 many guys are stealing bases this year too? And surprised even before Bo got hurt with his knee that he wasn't stealing bases. So that was a little bit of a of, of a surprise like for it. me this year. Well, I was gonna say I could see my I don't see myself drafting Bo at all next year. So yeah. I, I mean, can see myself maybe nice. doing a McLean little cheeky little cheeky pickup maybe in the fifth round he drops. And and people forget too, like, and I mean, I, I'll get on to my next guy, but I quickly want to bring up this point. Uh, you know, when he when they were playing in Buffalo and Toronto had that whole thing going on with COVID, and those that that ballpark was very hitter friendly for guys like Bo, guys like Vladdy. So I wonder if yeah, those, I mean, yeah. So I wonder if those that that ballpark kind of elevated these guys' draft stock. Um, I do, I do agree with you. I think, you know, I I don't think I'm taking Bo Bichette next year, um, if, especially if he's not stealing bases. He's not worth the top. Uh, he's not worth that 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 pick for me in the early second, but um, I wonder if that inflated them a little bit. I mean, uh, look at sorry. I'm, I just I just wanted to point out how Vlad has not had nearly the power since then. True, uh, mm-hmm. definitely, and, and I wonder what it what Vlad's draft price is going to look like next year. So I'm I'm just going to stop at that point. That's a good that's a good question too. Um, the the second guy that I have on this list here uh, is Hassan Kim uh, of the San Diego Padres. Uh, what if what a fantasy darling he's been? Mar- uh, he's been Marty. You just brought this point up too. Second base has kind of been a wasteland. Uh, Hassan Kim has saved me a lot of my leagues. He's kind of given you kind of a little bit of everything. The stolen bases have been nice. He's hitting for a lot of pop. Obviously in that lineup with San Diego, um, where do you guys feel met, or Hassan Kim should be going next year? I believe his ADP was in the two hundreds going into this yep. year. So, um, I got him in a couple leagues last year, for this year. And obviously it's been absolutely, he's been my middle infielder the entire time. Uh, it's been absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. He is going in front of Matt McClain right Interesting. now in the fourth round. I mean, I think that, I think that's absolutely crazy. I, I'm not there with him. I love what he's doing. When I got him in the 25th round, it feels great. All the way in the fourth round, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Where would you draft him though? To answer your question, what we did with Matt McLean, where would you guys draft him? What pick would you feel comfortable drafting Matt? Pass I'd pick 100 as, for me for Kim. I'd want him okay. as my middle infielder again. 
I, I, and then the question is, 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 do we think he can repeat this or are we buying his, buying the ups and like he's going to come back down next year? I, I think it's possible. I don't think he's going to have as good a season as this, but I think it's possible he's going to be able to come pretty close to this performance next year. We all liked him coming in to his time in, in the major leagues. I have a McLean above him, uh, just because I think that, uh, I, I like, I think McLean's on the up. Um, and I think uh, Kim's kind of, Doing doing the best season of his career right now, but I I like him I like him right behind McLean. I gotta say I love the stolen bases from him, uh, and if he's hitting in anywhere between the twenty to thirty range, and he's giving me fifteen to twenty home runs, like I'm probably gonna be in on him too. But I'm I'm with Marty. I don't know if I'm drafting him in the fourth. I might feel comfortable drafting him like maybe in the sixth or the seventh. Um, fourth is a little ridiculous for me. Uh, I don't think I'm taking him. In he's the fourth leading round. off every day right now. Yeah, the Padres though. I mean, if he locks yeah. it in for next year, I mean that's a I think if, if you get him in the eighth round, that would be great. But I think someone's going to get him before then. Probably right. Yeah. Um, the third guy on my list, and this is, you know, a, maybe a little bit of a, a, a me cheating here, but I do want to talk about him. Bobby Witt Jr. He's going to be a first round draft pick next year. Marty, I'm interested to see where he went in that draft. He was a first no, round like, pick this year, too. Yeah. Well, I'm talking like, I'm talking like he's going to be an early first round pick ne- next year in terms of the, where the do you power think speed he went? combo. Where do you think Ooh. he went in that draft? I think he went six. Okay. I was going to say five or six. Which one are you locking in? Five. I'll go five. All right. Art, what do we got, buddy? I'm going to go four just to price is right this one. I absolutely love it. It's number team number seven, seventh oh, overall. Seven. No, okay. So he's right there. He's knocking on the door. Price right me I- the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some people going into the season that were maybe a little bit down on Bobby Witt because of the average, and then obviously that the Royals weren't going to be a good team. But no he's one who watches that- this show with David and right. his love affair. <laughs> I'm not going to lie; I kind of have a love affair for him too. But here's a good question for you guys: Next year falls to you. Who are you drafting first between Bobby Witt Jr. and Trey Turner? I'll go Bobby Witt. I, Bobby Wood is more sure for stolen bases. Yeah, it's Bobby Wood. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I. So, so now is 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 Bobby Bobby Wood's the top third baseman? J Ram's second. How far behind is J Ram from him? I would say the end of the first round. So, if you're getting yeah. Wood seventh, I would get I would get Jose Ramirez at the turn. Get him fourteen or fifteen if he drops that. I'll probably be out on him at his price. I don't like the lineup around him. That's a good take, but he's been he's been one of the more consistent hitters in baseball. I I I probably draft him tar- probably towards the end of the first or early second for for J Ram for me. But I I agree with that take too. He has been one of the best, but you know once yeah. again the past performance doesn't um, isn't indicative of future success. Sure. Sure. You know, that it's not as much a a knock on him as a player, but investing that high a pick in someone that they could easily pitch around, like, unless they're showing me that they're actually invested in rebuilding the team and the AL central is the worst division in baseball. They could easily win that if they wanted to. Um, I'll probably be out on J Ram in the first round. What I do like about Witt last thing is his age. Playing day in, day out. I mean, we got Turner north of thirty. J Ram, same thing. So, first round, you got to be sure he's 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 excellent. After the first month or two, I tried like hell in my home league to acquire the guy, and the guy who had him had him last year as well. Ended up getting him, uh, and just would. 
I even threw out the most ridiculous trades to try to get him just to see if he'd bite. Um, and he wouldn't. He's like, I love Bobby Witt. He'll pick it up. I mean, this guy has 30-30 potential every single year. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm big on Bobby Witt next year, and I, I'm, I'm hoping to get him. Um, What's the earliest you take him? Probably right around where you where where he went. Probably around okay. that six or seven. Probably. Um, I don't know if I'm drafting him over guys like. I, well, I'm drafting definitely not drafting him over Acuna. I don't know if I'm drafting him over Julio. I'm not drafting him over Judge. Well, that's actually an interesting one. Judge, Judge really dropped the fifteen. I was say with the injury. Bloomfield. I, there him. might be only two guys I would take above Bobby Witt next year. I think I would take Acuna and I would take J Rod. I don't think I would take Otani. Um, I uh, think Mookie Judge. Betts. Oh, and I mean, I love. Eh, it's tough because I love Mookie Betts. Yeah, I would take Mookie. What I'm taking Mookie. Oh, what about Fernando Tatis Jr.? No, give me Wit. Okay. Kyle Tucker. Wit. Kyle Tucker. And this one just for fun. What about a little Corbin Carroll? No. Ooh. The last two months have been rough, but. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I think there's something going on with his shoulder. I don't that the he's not letting the, the people on onto. That's a tough one. I give me. I gotta go Corbin Carroll there, but that's tough. It's really really close. Um, the next uh, couple guys I want to talk about in terms of the three down, and I we already kind of alluded to him earlier. Uh, and the only reason I put him in here is because I did have pick one in my home league, and it's a head to head cast league. I love head-to-head cats. My home league has always been that. Probably always been too. Yep. Uh, I drafted Trey Turner over Ronald Acuna, and it's uh, it broke my heart. And uh, Trey Turner, for me, uh, has just been one of the biggest fantasy busts in recent recent memory. I've been playing fantasy baseball since the year 2000, and uh, I don't can't remember a guy that was been a, that big of a drop-off from where Trey was last year to where he is now. But interested to hear where you guys, Marty. I actually want to know where did Trey Turner go in that draft? Let me I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, give me a moment. Go around the horn while I, while I get that. Yeah, uh, Doc. What are your takes on Trey Turner? Is it are you are you in or out on him next year? Are you buying the maybe the discount that you're probably going to get? Oh, I got I it right here. Sorry, uh, Bloomfield got him at pick sixteen. Wow, so, I'm definitely. So he went after Judge. I'm definitely yeah, buying that judge. Pick. Yeah, Turner. That yeah. that pick discount. Uh, the fantasy baseball beat guys. They brought on Bloomfield. And they were talking about how a lot of times the first year of a big contract, people just don't live up to the expectations and it suppresses their ADP the following year and you can likely get them at a discount. Trey Turner is still younger than 30 years old. He didn't forget how to play. He's had, I won't say hot stretches, but he's had lukewarm stretches. And I think he's going to be, you know, th- this was a guy that has been a perennial first round pick probably the last three, four years. I will definitely get him with 16th pick. Yeah, he is already 30, so he'll be 31 next year. But it's close. Ah, I thought he was my age. <laughs> nope. LC, what are you doing with Trey? I think, well, I, I like him at 16. His batting average dropped, well, maybe not 16. I don't I don't know. I, I'd have to look at, at the people. I, I His batting average dropped 47 points from last year to this. His OBP is down. His steals are down. His power is down. But that first year in a new place is a is a tough thing, it, and it's it's well documented that that's a tough thing. Um, it was tough on Machado, it was tough on Harper, and Philly Castellanos. had a lot of ex- Castellanos too. Philly had a lot of ex- has a lot of expectations this year, so um, yeah, I, it's hard it's hard to bet against the guy who's put up this the numbers he's put up, and he hasn't really been injured, so 
So I, I like that about him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm buying back in on him, but I, I don't know about 16. I have to, I have to look into it. You're saying you draft him earlier than that or later than that? Later than that. Later okay. than that. Yeah. But definitely second round. He's a second rounder to me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I probably, he's a second rounder for me as well. Um, I'd, I'm happy to buy the discount if I'm getting that 16, but, um, I just had to put him in here because he burned me so bad this year. <laughs> um, the next guy I want to bring up, and I'm interested to hear y'all's take. I get asked this question on this guy a lot is Jazz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins. Uh, and I know a lot of people like him because he's got the power speed. He's on MLB the show cover. He's a flashy player. I've always, he's always on my do not draft list because he, the guy's just always hurt. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got hurt again. Disclaimer, I'm not rooting for him to get hurt. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Uh, I feel like he's always got something going on. Um, and he, I feel like his draft stock continues to to kind of be in those middle tier ranges, round four, five, maybe. Uh, I just I'm not taking him there either. So I, I, I'm interested to hear y'all's take uh, with, with with Jazz. Still a young player, still a good power speed combo guy. But what are you doing with Jazz? Are you in or out on him? To quote Kevin O'Leary in Shark Tank, I'm out. <laughs> I see a scenario where I would draft him because right now he's probably going to be going around the sixth, seventh um, spot. Let's say you take care of you know a couple of pitchers at the beginning, and I'm talking about how sh- shallow second base is. There will be a team if he's in the sixth, seventh round in a 15 teamer. Well, I'll scoop him up just to see if he can stay alive, you know, for six yeah. months. Um, but yeah, it's it would be it would be if I'm drafting ten teams, he's on one of them. Would you feel good about drafting him there though? Like when, when and when you hit the select button and you say I'm taking Genesism, no. like I was gonna say, are you walking dirty. away? Little right. little. <laughs> It's like taking Ellie De La Cruz in the second round. You know, some people are doing it. You can, but it's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was heavy in on Jazz this year, and his injuries have really hurt my team. I've had a tough time, and I've held him through, through his injuries. Uh, I'm going to be out, especially if he's going in the top five, six rounds next year, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next guy I want to bring up is uh, and it's a starting pitcher, and I don't think it's any surprise here. I'm out on Max Scherzer next year. Um, I don't care where he's where he's being drafted at. Um, I, I'll let somebody else take that risk with him. Another year older. Um, who knows if he's going to be pitching for Texas next year? Uh, I just again, I'm, I'm I'm out. Probably out on guys like Justin Verlander too. I mean, I know he's been pitching relatively somewhat better than, than, than Scherzer, but some of these old starter starting pitchers, I think a lot of these guys are going to be like, Hey, maybe I can get one more year of product production out of him. Maybe he's not a first round talent or second round talent, but um, I'm, I'm out on him. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with Max Scherzer. Where do you, and again, I don't care where he ends up either, but what are you guys doing with a guy like Max? Um, you know, is he, is he a top five starting pitcher next year that you're drafting? No, I have him in a bunch of leagues this year and I've watched enough to know that it's not, it's not, you know, uh, SP1 or even SP2 uh, Scherzer yeah. from here on out. I think if you get him, again, it's your third pitcher, but you probably won't be able to do that. But if you get him there, yeah, I think you're that's a that's a solid move. But if you're expecting him to get you 160-plus innings without tweaking something, the K percentage is down, his whip's up. If you actually watch his starts, he's, he leaves balls over the middle. And without that velocity and that drag, it, things are getting popped up, so. No, I, I won't. I probably won't have him at all next year, to be honest. I will say the one thing about Scherzer is he has a player option, and I don't think he's going to forego that. So, barring anything crazy, he will probably be back with the Rangers. 
I, I think that that was part of the trade. He had to pick up the player option for the trade to go through, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. I, I, and yeah. I think uh-huh. yeah, other teams weren't willing to do that. So he was like, yeah, I think he had to pick up the player option for the trade. Um, so he's going to be, I think he's going to be in a good team context, but I'm with Marty. He's a three for me. He's not a one or a two uh, at his age. So I'm with Marty on that. Same thing kind of like with Jazz, right? Like if you're taking him as even your three or your four, number four starter, like are you feeling good about getting him like as a three or four? That sounds weird with a guy like Max Scherzer, but like are you going into the season thinking to themselves like, hey, maybe I can get his ceiling at maybe SP2 on my team? Like would you guys feel good, good about walking walking away with him at that price or that discount that you're getting him at? If I can get him in the seventh round or later, seventh or eighth round, and he's my third pitcher – then that is the perfect scenario where I'm okay with it. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, this year I, I, I really it depends on the build because if I go early pitching, I'm going to be skipping over that that glob where where you got Scherzer. But if I'm going, if I'm hitting hitting early, uh, if I'm doing that heavy, I'm he's he's going to become look more and more attractive around the sixth or seventh round if I finally have one or two starter, one or two number two starters already yeah and i think the important context too is you're not out on a player that you won't draft him but it's more of where are you willing to take him? and you know for most of us we have a certain price unless it's me with uh byron bucks and there is no price where i'd ever draft him. (laughs) but here's it i wanted to throw an honorable mention in here because it was hard for me to keep him out was aaron nola um i'm not i'm again i'm out on him Ah, I can't a, stand him, man. Is it is it a even or odd year for him next year? Because you know he right. fluctuates. <laughs> well, I just feel like like what you're really getting for his for his draft price is really just the K's. Like the ERA is never really there. I mean, like I know he had some bad luck last year in terms of the ranking out the wins and um, you know some of the, some of the underlying metrics. But for his draft price, I'm just out on him. I'd rather take. It. Well, I ask you guys, who would you rather have next season, Aaron Nola or Max Scherzer? Nola, Aaron Nola for me, but I think that's I think it's very close, and yeah, I and I, and I I think industry wide too, it's going to be closer. Yeah. He's going to be in his first season in a new contract. I don't think he's going to be back with Philly because he's a free agent this off season. So that's another Ooh. another aspect of of what uh, I know. Cubs are uh, there's already talk that the Cubs are going to make a run at him. So um, it's it's in first year on a new contract, even with the uh, <laughs> the. Uh, even year luck that he seems to get it's, it's a it's a it's a bit of a, a can of worms doc let me ask you this why why do you like Aaron Nola uh I think he's durable he's an innings eater he hasn't had a significant injury uh yep. the, the strikeout upside is there now obviously he does get hit hard sometimes but Philly has had poor defense or defense multiple years um, and just watching games when I've been in the DC market that the defense has let him down. Um, I think getting a new contract too, that he will, you don't sign a pitcher to a big contract and not at least utilize them somewhat heavy right away. I mean, even with Jacob deGrom, they were seeming like they were going to take his innings light to begin and they didn't. And he ended up getting Tommy John surgery. So. I think he will probably sign with a team that is willing to invest financially in him and teams that will invest financially on him will hopefully be in good offenses where he'll get plenty of run support. Well, to your point too, hopefully a good defensive team as well. 
right? Yeah. Like, because the Phillies were downright. I think they were, I think they were the worst defensive team either last year or the year before. Definitely um, last year with their uh, outfield, it was just yeah. impossibly Precious. bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Impossibly bad. That's exactly. That's a good point. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I, I'm inter- going to be interested to see where he goes in drafts next year. Like, is he a top ten SP next year? I'd say he's on the borderline of it. Yeah, if I can get him as a second, or my God, can you imagine him being your third starter? I would love, I would love that. That. <laughs> that would be excellent. <laughs> but I think he'll go as a two, most people's two, next year. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what game it was, but I ended up flipping him because I needed third base. I ended up flipping him straight up for Nolan Arenado in one of my leagues uh, for a guy who was very pitcher uh, needy, and they took and he took, uh, he took the trade quickly. So There you go. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good, good trade. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Good stuff. And yep. finishing out the show, we're at the hour eight minute mark right now. We were talking about pitching. We're going to go to Art for some pitching streamers. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at next week's schedule. It's, it's Wednesday. So, uh, you know, next week's schedule, we, we, all of these guys I'm going to be suggesting have another start this week. Make sure you, uh, you, you keep an eye on these guys. I like their starts for next week. Uh, guy who was brought up already, Ryan Pepio, is is on my list. But uh, let's start off on next week's streamers. Which teams have been the worst hitting teams over the last two weeks? The Angels are by far the worst. <laughs> I was looking at that today, dude. That's <laughs> unbelievable. The Angels are are hurting, and um, now with Trout coming back, depending on how I I think they're a much different lineup with Trout in there if he is if he's hitting so. I chose not to target the Angels just just in case he's he's getting back to what what he could could be. But then you got the Yankees, the Giants, who have been absolutely horrible uh, offensively over the last few weeks. The Rockies again, Cleveland. There you go. I talking about them. Cincy's been been rough. White Sox. So who are some widely available in twelve team leagues and some fifteen team leagues? Guys who I think have nice matchups for next week and have been pitching relatively well. Well, I got a few names here for you. Keep an eye out on these guys for the rest of this week. Kyle Gibson's one of them. Kyle Gibson has a Wednesday start against the Chicago White Sox. Now, Gibson has a kind of rough start against Seattle last week on the 11th and gave up four uh, earned runs against Oakland this week, but he did have some nice Ks. Uh, against Oakland and Chicago White Sox, our team that strikes out a lot, 100% owned. In, I, now, the 15-team leagues that I'm looking at are the Earth Leagues. That's uh, that's the most competitive 15-team leagues that I'm in. He's 100% owned in all the Earth Leagues. But he's under 15, 50% owned in ESPN and, uh, and Yahoo Leagues. I'd be looking for him for that White Sox start next Wednesday. Um, Matt Manning, a, a Detroit Tigers pitcher who has looked very good over his last few starts, starting to to come through on some of that promise. Uh, one earned run over his last 11 and one-third innings, his last two starts. He gets the Yankees next Wednesday, and as you can see, as I, as I said, the Yankees have been the second-worst hitting team in baseball over the last two weeks, not to mention that nine-game losing streak. Tyler Anderson has a nice start against Oakland next Friday. Now, the one downside to Tyler Anderson, well, there's many, uh, is that he hasn't been giving you the five innings to get you the wins out of the starting rotation. We'll have to see how that goes with po- the possibility Shohei gets gets some time off from the ro- rotation. Uh, but Tyler Anderson, 
These K's are looking okay. Five K's uh, relieving uh, Shohei Otani today. Um, thanks, David, saying my voice is soothing the baby on, in the comments here. David, uh, uh, your voice makes me happy, and uh, I miss it, buddy. So uh, uh, thanks for that. But we're, we're, we're going back to the streamers. Tyler Anderson has Oakland next Friday. Uh, very widely available in, in 12 and 10 team leagues. Uh, over 70% taken in 15 team leagues. So not really a, not really widely available in 15s, but I think he has a great start against Oakland. I want to bring up Sean Manaya, who has really been a, an excellent pitcher in his role as a, 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 a piggyback pitcher for the Giants. Getting some starts next week. Possibility of a two-star. Marty, I, I I can't remember if you brought up Manaya as a two-starter. He has a Tuesday start against Cincinnati uh, scheduled. Do you have him as a two-starter next week, Marty? I don't. But I'm gonna while you go through that, I'm gonna double check one thing. Okay. Yeah. So I we, he he hasn't started in a few weeks. Uh, scheduled currently, according to Fangraphs, to start versus Cincinnati in San Francisco next week. Really like that matchup. Recently, Manaya has been a very good pitcher other than one tough outing in his most recent appearance against Philadelphia. Looking very good. His strikeouts have been great. If you've managed to pick him up as a piggybacker, he's gotten a couple wins recently and his K percentage is up. Ryan Pepio, uh, brought up earlier. He has Arizona next week, next Tuesday. I like that. Uh, I, I think that's a, that's a chance I might take. With that, with the Dodgers team, um, and one last guy who's a uh, very widely available in fifteen team leagues and has been striking out a lot of batters, starting to ramp up his innings. Uh, Andre Jackson for Pittsburgh has a game at Kansas City next Tuesday. Jackson's averaging over ten Ks per nine in his last few starts, and uh, looking like he's he's starting to. Uh, um, uh, Stretch out his arm so he'll be starting to be able to go a few more innings. He's only been most innings he's gone is like four and two thirds over his last few over his last few games, but that has gradually gone up. That was his last start. I'm hoping this next start he can go and get that over five innings, perhaps get you that win. The K's are looking pretty good for Andre Jackson though for Pittsburgh. Uh, so this week, uh, for next week, the guys I'm looking for possible pickups as pitching streamers for who only have one start for next week, Kyle Gibson, Matt Manning, Tyler Anderson, Sean Manaya, Ryan Pepio, and Andre Jackson. Uh, check them out. They all have starts to finish out this week. So if they are, uh, if they do well in these starts at the end of this week, I'd definitely be looking for them next week. No, well said, Art, and especially in points leagues where you want to maximize this, you know, in, in Roto and head-to-head, uh, especially ones that where you play in categories, you risk the ratio game. But in, in points leagues, and obviously the same thing that could happen, they get negative, but at least you're kind of going for the quantity more than quality. But that wraps us up. Hour and 15 minutes. Uncle Ted Talk joins us at the end. Where were you, buddy, the last 75 minutes? Alex, Alex Fiedo? I am assuming Alex Fiedo, but not Dane Dunning. That'll be for another episode. We're not starting Dane Dunning this late <laughs> in the show. But we're going to get out of here. As always, Marty and uh, Art join me. But I want to thank Mike for coming on. Mm-hmm. Mike, uh, it's yeah, I'm really glad that you came on. You know, appreciate that you've listened to the show, and 
I'm really glad that you're a part of the community because you're a brilliant fa- uh, baseball mind and a great person too. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and, and likewise, big fans of the show. And uh, uh, this is super fun. I really appreciate you guys having me. You guys all do great work, uh, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do it again soon. And maybe you guys can join us on the on the Palazzo podcast as well. More do one it. of these one of these shows. I'll say, fun fact: that was the first ever podcast I guessed it on way back when in 2020. So shout out to Michael Gobier, fellow Michigander. Yeah, work, he used right. to work down the street from where I live. Nice, yeah. nice dude. Nice dude. Yeah. yeah. And, and Mike, we'll definitely have to get you on and we'll get you on when David's here too. So it'll be the five of us. And, love that. and for those that are on the X space, I was going to say Twitter space, uh, <laughs> make sure you follow him at MKB fantasy. Follow Marty at Marty underscore Tom. We haven't been tweeting as much. He's been busy with work. Art's been tweeting a little bit more at Art TPF. And you can follow me at trip play fantasy. We'll catch you guys next week with some great waiver wire pickups, two-start pitchers, doctor's office, bring out your debt, of course. For everybody that tunes in and supports the show, thank you so much. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a great weekend.